Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Um, you know the drill we've got some questions going on if you've got a question please do chip in and ask away uh, gone cold again uh, I've got an agenda but always open to uh, suggestions I'm going to kick things off if that's okay I'm not going to ask if everything's working because we're just going to assume that it is um, do we offer liposuction to the upper back bra line area? It's a bit of a funny specific question. I really should find out a little bit more history of these questions. Upper back bra line. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, basically the thing about liposuction is you can do liposuction. It's working. Thanks, Corinne. Good to see you here this evening. Could you see you on your, I was going to say on your feet, but on your phone anyway. Um, um, you can do liposuction anywhere. So uh, yeah, the um, can you do liposuction here, there, wherever? Yes, is the answer to that. The couple of things I would say about doing liposuction to the upper back bra line area is first thing, when you're talking about doing liposuction to sort of bra lines, it's not uncommon for people to say, look, when I wear a bra, I've got this bulging bit um, over the top. And the problem comes, if you've got a bulging bit when you're wearing a bra, then if you take the bra off, there's no bulging bit there. And sometimes it is the back of the bra is a bit too small. So the first thing with any surgery around your breast and things like that is to get your bra, get a well-fitting bra is very important um, because if the back is too tight, then it can create this bulge and that can uh, be a source of unhappiness. It is difficult if when you haven't got a bra on, there isn't a bulge there because when we do liposuction, we mark you and draw like um, gradient lines, like a mountain. But if you've got like a flat surface there, it's difficult to know how much liposuction to do because we don't want to give you a dent when you're at rest. So if you haven't, if, if, if we give you a situation where we, you put a bra on and um, it it bulges out if we get rid of that bulge when you've got a bra on you might take your bra off and have a dent which obviously you're not going to be happy about so you want it to look good out of a bra and in a bra so there's a balance to be had there so it's it's one it's a sort of area that i would have a discussion about if someone um wanted that the other thing i would say about the upper back area so people often want it around the front if you want it around the back then you run into your issues of positioning because if it is well it's just in general terms difficult doing stuff to the back in general terms so the the reason being that if you're going to position someone i guess the obvious place to position them is lying on their front as if you're sort of sunbeat bathing but if you're under a general a general anesthetic if the if you're asleep the anesthetists don't like doing um the the anesthetics under a under uh, in a prone we call it a prone position so prone position does carry 
um, a bit more potential for risks, a bit more difficult in managing your airway with the tube in your mouth and things like that. So it's a little bit more difficult uh, managing you lying on your front in a prone position. It's easier to do it in a lateral position, but it's very hard to do both sides of your back in a lateral position. So what you sometimes do uh, when you're operating or I sometimes do, not you, when you're operating on a back is you may do a lateral position and then turn to the other lateral position, but then you've got the complexity of turning people in theatre, which again, the anesthetist doesn't like because you're moving and you're potentially dislodging the airway again. And, um, and it's generally a little bit more work. So it is not um, straightforward doing liposuction to the back. Uh, however, it is completely reasonable thing to do. And it is... Um, yeah it's definitely it's a definite thing that you can have done but it's just uh you might think it's not uh, as big a deal as it is i'm well it's not really a bigger deal but it's uh it's a bit of a it's a bit of a thing so it's um yeah if it's if it is your back that that's the issue now this one amy's asked me this do we offer hip dip filling and do you know what i should have done i should have googled it before i came on because I don't I, she asked me this the other day uh, in the clinic and I told her I didn't know what she was talking about uh, and she still put it on the Facebook live. So um, do we offer hip dip? Fill? I'm going to say no. Hip dip filling. So I'm guessing I can kind of understand. I can guess what it is. So I mean, I've never met someone who's got got a problem. I mean, unless you've had liposuction and you've got a dip, maybe. But if you just got a congenitive, if you're born with a, if you're if you're perhaps very slim and you've got a, a, a dip in your hip, um, sorry, I should have googled it, but I don't know what it is, and uh, therefore we don't do it. I'm guessing that uh, if you're going to fill a dip in your hip, it's going to be fat grafting. So do do fat grafting. So I guess if it was an if it was an abnormal, uh, if it was an abnormality then yes, I would certainly consider fat grafting or filling a defect. If there is a defect in your body, I would definitely consider filling that defect. And fat grafting is a great way to fill um, defects. So on that on that uh, front, yes, I would fill a dip in the hip. But on a cosmetic front, if you kind of have a normal figure and have a dip in your hip I, I, pro, I, I probably you're, you're probably sensing I'm probably not the not the guy to come to um, for a for a hip dip refill probably not your uh, not your number one uh, guy for hip dip filling but uh, yeah good luck with that good luck with finding a hip dip surgeon can we remove a Bartholin <clears throat> calcified cyst so a Bartholin I think in previous ones I've said we can uh, remove cysts every, anywhere. Just like a minute ago I said we can do liposuction anywhere. Probably someone's going to come up and say, what about this? And I'll probably say, oh, no. And then you, you said we can remove it anywhere. So, yeah. Um, so I might have said we can remove cysts from any, anywhere. But a bathroom cyst we probably would not remove. So a bathroom cyst is a gynecological um, cyst. It's usually on the vulva. And it is not something that we would get involved with. Calcified cysts, that's unusual. Well, don't really get involved with them, so we don't see them very often. So maybe it's not unusual. Maybe it's completely normal. But certainly calcified cysts are unusual. Um, but, yeah, down in the um, 
genital area, we would tend not to get uh, get involved, and a Bartholin cyst would more uh, appropriately be dealt with by a uh, gynecologist. So that would be the the uh, right person for that job. I had a very early breast cancer in 2010 and had a lumpectomy and radiotherapy. Would I be suitable for a breast reduction? So short answer is yes, you would. It would be fine. But you're absolutely right to answer the question because it is not um, straightforward when you've had something done to one breast. It's always difficult when you've had when you've got an asymmetry. When you've got an asymmetry surgery, often aims to balance that asymmetry. But when different things had happened to the different breasts, there's always a risk that there will still be asymmetry. And particularly um, in terms of the radiotherapy, the lumpectomy is not so bad. It's the radiotherapy that's the issue um, because radiotherapy causes scarring kind of internally in sort of in the tissues of the breast. You can't really see it. It's not like scarring in the common sense of the word where it's just like a line in the skin. It's like um, it, it's scarring of the tissues and um, radiotherapy will therefore make the breast a little bit tighter, a little bit fuller. Actually, when people have had radiotherapy to one breast and not the other, it's it's a more pert breast. And sometimes people want the, the non uh, um, radiotherapy breast to look like the radiotherapy breast. But the, 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 the breast that hasn't had radiotherapy will always move. A bit more easily um, which is natural with the flow of the breast and the movement of the breast but cosmetically it might sit lower and so that's the um, that's the main issue in the long term that when you have a breast reduction it's a lift is part of it and the, the breast that's had the radiotherapy might well stay a bit higher than the breast that hasn't had the radiotherapy which might droop um, a bit more easily and that might give you a bit of an asymmetry so that's something to be bear in mind there's not a lot you can do about that if the, the natural breast is sort of drooping and and uh, sort of flowing more you can't give that natural breast uh, more you can't make it tighter sort of thing you can't make it sit fuller so um, it's a side effect of radiotherapy which in in a weird way, as I say, cosmetically, people sometimes prefer the side which has had the radiotherapy. The other issue with radiotherapy is in terms of the healing. Now, 2010 is a long time ago, but still there's an increased risk of wound healing problems in a, in a breast that's been uh, irradiated. So there'll be an increased risk of the wounds not healing up properly, which can be a, an issue with breast uh, reduction uh, because it has got that sort of T-shaped scar which can break down. So that's uh, that's going to be an increased risk of, um, of breaking down of the wound in the short term and in the long term, an increased risk of asymmetry with the reconstructed breasts, um, not reconstructed, the irradiated breasts sitting a little bit higher than the uh, non-irradiated breast. But I would uh, the other thing I would say, it would depend on how your skin looks. So sometimes the radiotherapy can be quite aggressive and can give quite a lot of skin changes. So if you have skin changes and the skin, the skin itself actually looks scarred, then I might be thinking twice. But usually with radiotherapy, the skin kind of looks normal, but it's just got that feel of a, of a bit more kind of woody, a bit more um, firm, but it, but it looks completely normal. So I'm kind of assuming it's a normal looking um, skin. Here we go. What you got? I'll tell you what you got. I got this question here. I currently take rivaroxaban, and as I suffer, 
from blood clots, I have previously had four C-sections and suffered from blood clots, but then I went on to have bowel surgery, a hysterectomy and a gastric band and never suffered a blood clot during these procedures. Would I be suitable for a breast lift and a tummy tuck with liposuction? So yes, again, short answer is yes. Uh, long answer is rivaroxaban is um, a little bit of an issue with surgery because rivaroxaban is a blood thinner, which is obviously fantastic if you are suffering from blood clots. And to be honest with you, more problems come from blood um, clots than blood not clotting, if that makes sense. So if you're worried about someone, you'd be more worried about blood clot problems rather than bleeding problems. So that's the sort of spectrum. You've got bleeding on one hand, blood clots, too many blood clots on the other hand. So the rivaroxaban is stopping the blood clots because blood clots can cause um, problems with um, DVTs, clots in your legs, five-inch lungs, PEs, uh, and that's um, that, that can cause all sorts of problems uh, and be quite serious. Whereas bleeding is obviously doesn't sound great, but it's actually not that bad. It's usually something that can be controlled and uh, and treated surgically, and is usually a sort of short-lived problem uh, as opposed to blood clots, which can can cause long-term problems. So as a general rule, uh, we'd be more worried about blood clots than bleeding. But the issue with rivaroxaban is it will increase your risk of bleeding. So if you're having surgery like a breast lift and a tummy tuck with liposuction, both of those have got quite a lot of cutting involved in them um, and quite a lot of raw surfaces. So therefore, big risk of bleeding. So rivaroxaban would be an issue. So probably what we do is we talk to your doctor who's looking after you with your rivaroxaban to see if we can stop your rivaroxaban for a period of time prior to the surgery and then start it afterwards. Um, and um, to see if that was safe uh, to minimize your risk of bleeding from the surgery. Um, if that wasn't safe, uh, usually it is. Usually they're all right with it, but uh, you, we probably have to say to you, you've got still a bit of a higher risk of bleeding because of the, uh, because of the rivaroxaban, but usually it's okay. If it's not okay, you can do, if you're really, really high risk of blood clots, then you can do um, things like heparin, um, which is a short-lived um, blood thinner, thinner. So you have heparin, which you, you then stop a few hours before the ops, and then you've got a few hours of not being covered for the um, blood clots. That was in, in someone who really needs to have um, not blood clotting, not, not you know, have to have thin blood, which is usually, to me, I, I, you don't really see it anymore. It was, um, it was people who had... Um, prosthetic valve heart valves they had metal heart valves and they worried that the blood would clot on the heart valve so they absolutely needed to be anticoagulated so those are the sorts of people you would um be um using heparin and and, and just stopping it shortly before the op and then doing the op and then um starting the heparin again and then starting the blood thinner um and waiting for it to get up to speed before stopping the heparin and they needed to be in hospital for a few days because of that because of what the heparin, because the heparin was infusion. But I don't think that happens anymore. I certainly haven't seen it, but I, I must say I don't treat many people who are on uh, blood thinners. But uh, I, it, I think I think it's, it seems to be less, less of an issue. I think if you've prosthetic heart valve patients are not high on my um, on my on my target demographic for patients. I haven't got that many patients with a prosthetic heart valve. But um, but nevertheless, um, as I say, rivaroxaban and similar. Uh, blood thinners like that, it is usually fine to do surgery with the 
um, uh, rider that you might get a bit, you might, you'll be in an increased risk of a bleeding problem. Um, so you'd have to take that on board that there is an increased risk of, uh, of bleeding and, uh, and, and, you know, but as I say, that's usually something that can be dealt with relatively easy. Um, um, as opposed to clots, which are a bit more difficult to deal with. I've just remembered I got a question on the little sticker on Instagram earlier, and I've just got another one here. So the one earlier was about hooded eyelids, and this one is about, so I'll do that, do that one in a minute, but this one, uh, I'm allergic to hyalase and want to have my lips dissolve. Is there anything else that can be used instead? Oh, God. I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't do lip fillers. I mean, hyalase is the normal thing. I've not heard of anything else being used to dissolve fillers. Um, but I don't do fillers, so it's not my world. Uh, I, I, and the other thing I'd be just to sort of devil's advocate is like when you say you're allergic to hyalase, you've got to be a, bit, a little bit, when people say they're allergic to stuff, you, when you look into it, you think actually they weren't, they're not allergic to it. They had a rash or something like that but then they had the rash for some other reason or something or maybe it wasn't the hyalase i don't know if hyalase is something that um is a common um thing that for people to be allergic to but um i guess the i mean as i say you need to talk to someone who does lip fillers so i'm um, i'm on the edge of my ability here but my advice would be um if you're alert if you are allergic to hyalase obviously avoid it and uh, if there is an alternative fine but if not i mean lip uh, the, the filler does tend to uh, dissolve unless it's causing issues um i mean you can put a nick in and, and milk the filler out if you really need to have the filler um, removed depending on how much of an issue it is um so it's like you know um i would just i would yeah seek the advice of an expert and i'm sorry if you thought you were coming here to talk to one but hyalase is not my uh not my bag um but yeah good luck with that yes it's me for the hooded eyelids i'm going to arrange this tomorrow yeah fairy dust yeah hooded eyelids is it um is it congenital or something because you someone else you, I, I, can't, I remember this the, the question but thank you thanks for the question um yeah i mean to be fair hooded eyelids is not yeah sorry amber yeah thanks for asking the question um hooded eyelids is not i don't, I don't think it's usually some kind of a congenital thing and that it runs in family although Facial aesthetics is, uh, hey Kelsey, good to see you. Facial aesthetics is a thing that runs in families in, in terms of how you look. You know, you obviously look like your your uh, your parents and your children look like you to a degree. But um, the specifics of a hooded eyelid is not uh, is is not as as far as I'm aware something that um, runs in families. Again, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to um, dodge. But uh, but to say that I'm not, I, I don't really do facial aesthetics. I'm really breast and body. That's all I really do um but uh, yeah the fact that your mum has them it's it's quite a uh it's, it's quite a common thing um anyway uh so i'm not sure if the fact that your mum's got hooded eyelids means it's something that runs in your family and necessarily that you something you'll pass on i think it's just something that, that uh, is common in everybody and uh i wouldn't particularly think that in itself is a reason to uh to to for it to be um to be running in families uh, it is something that can be treated relatively simply treated very uh, effective very um, dramatic changes you get when you have a your hooded, hooded hooded eyelids treated it's called a blepharoplasty and specifically with the upper eyelids it'll be an upper uh, blepharoplasty as opposed to a lower blepharoplasty which would be doing the lower eyelids lower eyelids a little bit more of a 
um, involved procedure than upper eyelids. Upper eyelids is literally um, tightening the skin of the upper eyelid to take away that, uh, that hooded look. Really sorry, I don't do it. I don't, as I said, don't really do facial aesthetic surgery. We did have someone at the clinic who did um, upper eyelid blepharoplasties, but they don't do it. They're not there anymore. So um, we don't do the uh, upper eyelid surgeries. So you need to, you'd need to look for someone um, else locally who does facial aesthetics um, for that sort of thing. But as I say, it is on paper relatively simple uh, procedure to do and uh, with quite an effect you know quite a dramatic effect to how you look and um and uh, and your, your your general freshness of your face so it's a really in terms of facial aesthetic it's probably the the big best um benefit to uh, downside operation you can have uh, an upper lid blepharoplasty so that's it, folks. Uh, thanks for that uh, to uh, Fairy Dust and Amber getting in there at last minute. Um, I, um, Corin, Amy told me to mention tote bags. JJ, don't shoot the messenger. Oh no, I was recommended too. Oh God, Corin, are you saying that I should have got Amy a tote bag for Christmas? Now you said it. I just remembered. Oh God, she did, yeah, now you mention it, she did ask for that for Christmas. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out live on TV. Um, good God. Yes, I did forget that. Anyway, Corinne, next Christmas, I'll get it for Amy next Christmas. That will be something to look forward to, eh? Yeah, tote bag for Christmas. Thanks for reminding me. Um, yes, I think that's, yes. Hopefully she's not watching this and she'll forget about it. Yeah, when did she mention that? God, 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 dear. I've got to write it down. Just got to write it down. Simple as that. Tote bag, Christmas 2023 for Amy. Um, nice one. Yeah. Uh, very well, Kelsey. We are very well and we are um, surviving the sub-zero temperatures. Hope you are too. And, um, and the flooding. Went to Worcester the other day. Crikey, the water's like... Today we had a chat. Oh, that's nice. Um, glad you did, Corinne. I'm glad you're okay. And I'm glad Amy and Vicky are keeping you going. Um, yeah, absolutely frightening in Worcester, I'll tell you. Banks burst. So, um, so yeah. Anyway. I am going to go and uh, see what's going out in, in, over there uh, in the rest of the building. And I will be here 7 p.m. next week. And I, um, if you're there, I'll see you there. Amy isn't so happy now you've got her tote bag. Yeah, Kelsey, don't dwell on it. Because, you know, Amy, I think, does watch this. Although, fortunately, I don't think there's many. Thanks, Jackie. Is that, I think she works on Facebook, and Facebook's a bit, um, I'm not sure it's working properly. That's, not, that's what I tell myself anyway. It's not working properly. It's the only way to get through. You've got to get through, okay? Um, so, yes. Yes, nice one, Corinne. Thanks for bringing that up. And I do feel like a bad person for completely forgetting that. Um, 
with Christmas. Where are we? 17th of Jan. It's not that late, is it? A little bit of a belated Christmas present. Mind you, I've got a wardrobe and stuff like that. It takes six weeks to come and stuff like that. Anyway, because there's one with a logo on, I think she wants. Okay, maybe I'll just get an MS one. Yeah, they do nice MS ones, don't they? Um, okay, well, I will um, go and research the tote bag issue. Um, I Corinne, that's making it worse. If I mention it, I've got to then mention. Okay, I will do. Right, okay. I've got to mention that you mentioned it to the reminded me live on TV that I've forgotten a Christmas present for my uh, um, star pupil, Amy. I mean, they're all stars. Don't get me wrong. Amy is one of the stars. Got to be like, uh, yeah. But uh, but she is a ledge. Okay, I will tell her. I will tell her, Corinne. So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to stop the stream on Facebook. I don't think it's working properly on Facebook. Question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.